Hey, this is Jeff. Welcome to the Dissonant Whispers podcast. The waves of the beach rouse you from what seemed like an internal slumber. You open your eyes slightly to see sand in front of you, stretching on for miles from where you are. Your vision is a little blurry. Grains of sand shoot away from your mouth as you exhale abruptly for what seems to be the first time. Water laps up against your feet as you lie on your side facing down the beach. You roll onto your back and look up. A purple-black sky soars overhead, with every seeable star illuminating the night sky. And as you start to regain focus, a shooting star streaks across the sky from a high-reaching mountain to the end of an endless sea, disappearing over the edge of the world. You pull your arms to your knees and sit upright in the sand, pulling your feet inches out of the waves reach as they spread out towards you and pull back to the calm waters. You know this place. You've seen it in your dreams before. But this time, this time it feels more real. You struggle to remember arriving here. It all seems a blank. You look down at your armor and staff only to find them gone, instead replaced by a simple white robe and leather sandals. And as you sit in the sand, Watching the beauty of the landscape, your mind reels to remember the events that brought you here. The memories are vague, but they slowly start returning. You remember the temple, the statues, and the Alhoun. You remember shaking Korvar away from the influence of the mind control. You remember watching Rogar and Spassi go down, and you bring them back up. Then you remember stepping out from behind a pillar, and watching as one of the Alhoun, with his outstretched arm, locked eyes with you and felt warmth as a bright light shot from his palm and washed over you. And then you remember intense pain, pain like never before. And then this place. You sigh and you look down and you remember what happened and a feeling washes over you. You know the reality of what has happened and what it would take to bring you back. And you feel the despair, the hopelessness of the situation. You rise to your feet, tears well up in your eyes. You don't feel like this is the end. You didn't finish what you set out to do and, and now your friends have to carry on without you. You start to walk down the beach but it can't be over yet. It just can't be, can it? How will they survive without someone to guide them, to heal them, to counsel them? 
You feel the heat inside your blood rise as your mind whirls around the endless horror that might happen to your friends about the influence of Torm and your wisdom. And then a thought comes to you, a thought that you didn't expect. You imagine watching one of your friends, Rogar, Caelan, Ava, Spossy, Korvar. You imagine them taking on the full blunt of the ray that you did. You imagine watching them fall helplessly into a pile of ash and you feel like you were punched in the gut. No. No. It's better this way. You know deep in your heart that you would have taken their place anyway if you had had the option. You wipe your eyes and you look around. And the beauty of this place strikes you harder than it ever did before. The water is a deep blue with a shimmer of purple around the fringes of the waves. Small microluminescence dance in the froth as the waves flatten themselves against the smooth white sand beneath your feet. A warm breeze blows through the air and gently sways the canopy of exotic trees and foliage of the jungle to your left. You listen intently to the sounds of the night as the calmness of this place cools your inner anger and turmoil. You can feel the gentleness of the landscape permeate through your skin and enter your blood, soothing your sadness and easing your pain. You breathe in deeply and let out a breath of relief. This is how it must be. Motion steals your attention from down the beach. A familiar old man is walking in your direction. He looks haggard and old beyond his years. He carries a gnarled wooden walking stick and takes short, calculated steps towards you. His hair is gray and long, framing his weathered features. Bushy eyebrows are furled as you notice a look of concern on the old man's face. You start walking in his direction. Each step you take seems to come faster and faster. You feel pulled in his direction, like a weary steed coming home from a long trek across the land. He locks eyes with you, and he seems to quicken his pace slightly as well. Soon you're in a full run down the beach towards him, and when you're a few meters away, he stops and drops his walking stick and holds out his arms. You instinctively rush into his embrace, and he wraps his surprisingly strong arms around you. His hair smells like the wind through a field of wildflowers, cool and alive. His skin is rough and warm to the touch, and he stands a good three inches shorter than you but he holds his ground when you fall into his hug. For a moment you stay there, realizing that you are home and you don't want to leave. And he returns the lengthy embrace until he reaches up his hands and grips your shoulders, pulling you back to look you in the eye. And you instantly notice that he has been crying. Small streaks of tears have washed a line in his sandy face and he flashes a smile at you so large you can't help but smile back. Morbius, he says in a deep, baritone voice that seems to resonate through the air off the water. Well done, my son. And he reaches up and he wipes your eyes, bringing to your attention that you too have been tearing up. And you open your mouth to say something, but your voice cracks and nothing comes out. You close your eyes and you look down. He already knows what you're going to say, and he stops you. He 
He puts his hand on your shoulder and guides you to start walking with him. And you walk in silence for a moment. Then you break the silence and speak. I'm sorry I failed. But I'm... I'm oddly happy it was me. And... And to be home, indescribable. The old man smiles back at you. You have not failed me, Morbius. He smiles. You have served me as a royal member of my clergy ever has. And more so over, I am very proud of you. And you continue to walk and a wave crashes up the beach, just about reaching both of your feet. Do you have any questions for me? He asks. You, you've done this before, right? You've, you've beaten Orcus. Many times. I know you can do it again, and I know you don't need me. That is where you are wrong, Morbius. And as you guys continue to walk, your toe hits something in the sand. And you look down, and you see that is the time pendant that was given to you by Jalenor. And as you reach down and pick it up, a look of sadness washes over the old man's face. The magic that exists in that locket stretches even into this realm, Morbius. When you are in a realm of magic, it will take on new properties. Um, I'm not sure I fully understand. I, I only know it to be time pendant from Jalenor. What, what does it do here? He smiles at you, and he proceeds to wave his staff in front of you. And as he does, you see a circle of mist and a cloud, which opens into what seems to be a portal or a doorway. And as you look through it, it looks like you're looking at Ephiria but it looks different. And then it flashes, and you go to another scene. Again, Aphiria, but different. And then it flashes to another, and then another, and then another. And every few seconds, it seems to keep changing scenes. And the old man takes a deep breath in. You see, Morbius, because you are able to move through time, it also creates different timelines. Timelines where different outcomes are possible. There are timelines where Astan the Vile has already succeeded in overthrowing the world. There are ones where he was never born and another has taken up his mantle of evil. There are timelines where you were never abandoned at birth and ones where you died earlier in life. 
there are even identical timelines where you are just as you are now, all with different situations and different possible endings. And his face grows grim. There are even timelines, Morbius, where you have chosen a different path altogether. And he waves his staff in front of the cloud and you see yourself. But it's not you, it's a different version of you. It's, you stand tall and proud. There are versions of you in different types of warrior form. And you see yourself as a towering barbarian. And then it changes again and you see a, a Morbius more cloaked in elvish garb as a druid. And then again, all in black, hunched over in an alleyway in the middle of water deep as a, a rogue. And then you see yourself again, standing tall and proud, but instead of a staff, you hold a, a sword and a shield with a gleaming emblem of the lion on your chest. While Mobius, it would be like the returning of my heart to my chest to have you stay here with me and be with me now. I know that you have not yet finished your journey. What I can offer you is a chance to return to your friends, to finish what you have started. But I warn you, it does not come easily. The right to return to Ophiria must be earned. And he waves his staff, kind of all disappears. But there is one more thing you should know before you decide, Morbius. And again, he waves his staff. And a similar scene appears. But this time in the scene, it's a cell. And it's dark and dreary. And there's a sense of sadness that comes from it. And it's hard to make out what you're looking at. But as your eyes adjust to the lack of the light, you notice there's a figure lying chained in the corner of the room. His red skin catches streaks of light as they sneak through the cracks in the cell walls and he turns his face towards you and he snarls, his eyes glowing red. And you see your brother, Karen, and he looks like the shell of the figure you once knew, growling and drooling at the mouth. Your brother is lost to you, Morbius. He is not the man he was. Astan's influence over him has warped his mind and driven him mad. And I can no longer reach him. I urge you to forget him. I, I kind of trip over my own voice. Um, he's not my only family anymore and if I have the opportunity to help my new family this is what I choose the old man is now leaning on his staff seeming weary you must travel to the afterworld and pass through the gates of the departed to rejoin your friends. There, you will be given the option of one of these versions of yourself to take on. 
There will be trials and there will be tests, but this choice is yours, my son. And he kind of taps his staff on the ground and as he does, the window changes to a portal again, but this time it's a starry background. And he just stands there and he looks at you and he reaches up and he brushes his hand against your cheek. You will always have a place here. Thank you. I assume this is my exit. You must choose now to stay or you must go and fight your way back to your friends. I want both. And I know both are not possible. Being in your presence is, is everything that I've ever wanted. I need to get back to my family, at least for now. And I will join you back here someday, but not yet. No, not yet. And I, I just grab his robe one more time and just thank you. And I walk through the portal. And as you walk through the portal, it kind of falters for a second. And the old man looks up, holding back tears. Go now, my son, and know that you have beaten the influence of evil and never again shall it plague your mind. And with that, the portal closes and the beach is vacant, except for the wind blowing across it. And that's where we'll end it. Wow. Hi, this is DM Stew. Thanks for tuning in to the Dissonant Whispers podcast.